1: Hello and welcome into the USWNT Hour show. I'm your host, Lisa Roman, alongside former United States international, Lori Lindsay. If you're joining us live on youtube.com slash attacking third, join the conversation, like this video, subscribe, and you can listen to all USWNT Hour shows on the Attacking Third podcast. Download and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any place you listen to your podcasts. Lori Lindsay, welcome in. How are you, girl?
2: Yeah, great to see you, Elise. I mean, we didn't have last week, so it's been a couple weeks. So I'm happy to be here with you. And as we were talking off air, we're supposed to be having um, a tornado type weather here in Philly. And that isn't the case because it's sunny and hot and humid. So who knows what's happening? I mean, I'm happy about this weather. But anyway, great to see you. How are you?
1: so good to see you. Yeah, this tornado warning was a little... I was thrown off by it, but still sunny skies. We're only like a mile or so apart, not even. Still sunny skies, hoping that we don't get the tornado during this live because who knows about our Wi-Fi, what's going to happen there. But (laughs) (laughs) it is so good to see you today. We have a packed episode. We're going to do a little bit of weekend player reports and a player evaluation about how players did in their respective leagues. And also, we are answering lists listeners, questions. So thank you everyone who submitted questions via the chat on Twitter. We got them all. I wrote them all down. There was so many of them. We're only going to run through some of them today because there was just so many, but uh, we are really excited to answer your questions before we get going. I want to remind everyone that we have a $100 paramount plus gift card subscription to give away today. Congrats to all of our previous winners. We've had a few so far. We do want every single episode to win this $100 paramount plus gift card all you need to do is like this video and drop your social media handle without the at symbol in the chat we will pick a winner you'll get a dm from us and you could win a 100 paramount plus gift card so like this video and drop your instagram handle in the chat because uh, we want people to win hello that's what we're here for mm-hmm. then you can watch the nwsl you can watch syria ConcaCap, everything that is coming up Let's dive into it because we had NWSL week three, essentially. Some teams have three games under their belt. Some teams have one game under their belt. A lot of uh, back and forth in the league right now. But coming off of a packed weekend of NWSL games, there's 12 teams, only 10 of them played this weekend one game was postponed due to covid but we had a lot of good results and surprisingly enough the two expansion sides from california san diego wave fc and angel city are at the top of the standings number one and number two respectively lori what did you see this weekend you were on call for a couple games i know you tuned into a lot of them but overall impressions of the nwsl from this weekend for you
2: yeah, chaotic in some ways, yeah. as you mentioned. <laughs> and we wouldn't expect anything less, right, at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, I think we might have mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, too, just that the, the start of this season was going to be interesting because, you know, some teams are on one game, some teams are on three. You have teams that have had a lot of breaks um, or a pretty consistent schedule. Others that's been a little bit hectic because of the Challenge Cup. And I think, you know, anytime that you start to have two expansion teams plus – we had divisions, obviously, for the Challenge Cup. Now they start to mix. Then I think at any time you start to play different teams, you get a clearer picture um, or somewhat of a clearer picture of how teams are going to match up, right? And so, yeah, it just, uh, I think it throws everything into a big, like, topsy-turvy, here we go. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of how I felt this weekend. Uh, it was unfortunate for the Gotham-North Carolina game to get mm-hmm. postponed because of COVID um but definitely felt like the the right decision um for the safety of all players and everybody involved in that game but that throws another wrench into it right because oh, now you're North Carolina who goes one game <laughs> the city through almost three weeks ago and they won the they won the challenge cup last weekend or a little over a week ago so I think you know it's, it's so interesting we'll see how this plays out um but yeah chaos is a little bit of how I thought this um all went this
1: weekend. I mean, chaos is the perfect word to describe it. If you look at the standings in the NWSL right now, two expansion sides, uh, first and second. And North Carolina, who is a powerhouse for in the league traditionally, they just won the Challenge Cup. They are ranked number 12. They're the last place team. However, every other team has at least one game, two games in hand over them. So because of that, it changes the disparity a little bit. But uh, as you mentioned at Challenge Cup, it was all regional matchups. So we got to see Houston versus Louisville So many times and now Houston, they're just kind of continuously (laughs) playing their same teams. By the time that June comes around, Houston's going to have a lot of challenges to face by starting to play other teams because they, in their region, it was Kansas city, racing Louisville, Chicago, and Houston. And this past weekend, Houston has continuously played teams in their region but (laughs) but we did get to see some differences because san diego they played chicago we got to see angel city travel to the east coast and take on the reigning nwsl champs in washington spirit um let's talk about a little bit about this angel city game because so many players for washington spirit are on the national team and are just huge players. Uh, Andy Sullivan, the defensive midfielder for Washington Spirit, has been out with a calf injury for a number of games. She was out this game as well. But when you look at Angel City, they're a team that's proven that they can keep shutouts on the board. They can beat North Carolina Courage. They can beat teams like Washington Spirit. It's, this match ended in a 1-0 win for Angel City, and the goal coming from none other than Kirsten press what did you think of this match laura
2: you know to be honest a bit shocked right i never really felt like the spirit entirely got going um i kept wanting a little bit more from them i thought i thought trinity rodman was a handful consistently but you see some of her frustration um a bit throughout the game uh you know and and credit to angel city no offense to them because they've had some good wins, right? We saw yeah. them play at home the last two weeks and and get the results that they um, – well, not against Orlando, obviously, but one and one coming to this game. But still, um, some performances I think that not everybody was expecting given their uh, Challenge Cup performances. So coming into this game, I didn't have like a ton of high hopes for the expansion team just given how good um, I, I consider the Washington spirit, how many um, – Threats they have, yeah. but you mentioned Andy Sullivan. Kelly O'Hara obviously didn't play; she she has a bit of an injury. Um, you have Dorian Bailey, who's making her way back. Mm-hmm. We, we saw um, Baggett go down in the Challenge Cup final, so still out for her. Um, so Ash- you know, Ashley
1: Sanchez didn't get a start in this match. Uh, she came there. in in the second half for Chris Ward.
2: Exactly. And you saw the the tempo up incredibly once Sanchez came on. But you know, credit to Angel City. They they traveled cross country. They had an understanding of their game plan. Um, Freya Coombe even talked about the tactical change that they made um, with press switching sides, playing against golf. That's how she got the the goal, playing on as a left winger instead of the right wing, she, where she originally started this game. So and, and an incredible finish, right, um, for her. Um, I, I think that Angel City will be extremely thrilled with that performance. And then I think you're going to look at uh, Washington Spirit who will not be thrilled at all, right? Yeah. And, and a team that's still, in some ways, I think, recovering because they had a lot of games in a short amount of time, which I think in general, at least, this is like what we're seeing, right? Some of mm-hmm. the teams have done pretty well in the Challenge Cup, maybe haven't really gotten the results they wanted early on in the season where the teams that didn't... Yes you know, are looking pretty, pretty fresh and, um, doing a bit better, but I mean, all of this to be said, um, and in this game in particular, I think super early on in the season and, um, you know, tough to say as, as this kind of starts to roll out. I mean, I don't have any answers at this point (laughs) because some of these things are a bit shocking to me, but, um. But I love it. So I am like, I'm let's
1: go. I love it. You don't have any answers. But it, a month ago, did you predict that Angel City, San Diego would be the top no. two? I,
2: I know. know. In fact, I thought, you know, a month ago, maybe San Diego would be hovering about like middle of the park and mm-hmm. Angel City. I was like, goodness gracious, uh, not so much. You know, I'll be curious, though, because this is going to be a long season right now. And, you know, even if we're just taking this Angel City and Washington Spirit team, Uh, When you look at the Washington Spirits roster, a lot of depth, right? And so we're seeing rotation of players. We're seeing, you know, you could change out at least four of those players just from last night, maybe five that aren't typical starters. And outside of Allie Riley... That's the starting lineup consistently for Angel City, so there's a pretty big disparity there. And I thought I thought Lucy did really well having to cover that position against Trinity Rodman. No, thank you. If I'm Tyler Lucy, oh <laughs> um, heck no. I thought she she actually did really well uh, for a player that doesn't usually play that position. So you know, I think. And that's
1: something that I'm going to give some credit to head coach Freya Coombe for that one, because she also took Jasmine Spencer who was a forward through and through. And Spencer has been starting and dominating in the right back for angel city. And then you look at a player like Tyler Lucy, who has the fundamentals of a soccer player and, and the physicality to match up against eternity Rodman. So why not throw her in the back line? That's what Coombe does. She can look at players individual talents and and their personality traits almost and move them from forward (laughs) into the back line. So good luck, Tyler, Lucy, getting out of that back line.
2: (laughs) Well, right. I also do think it speaks so to um, one issue that I see potentially can become like more of a problem down the line is the lack of uh, depth that they have. Right. right? I mean, obviously, um, I mean, mean,
1: that's that's already been a bit of a problem.
2: Oh, yeah, certainly. And that's why, I mean, that's why Tyler Lucy, you don't have anybody else that's a natural left back that makes more sense to go against uh, a Trinity Rodman, right? Now, you still have Madison Hammond, who I think started the, the season well, but mm-hmm. um, Reed coming in and – seemingly having a better partnership alongside um, Jill. So that's been the main center back partnership. Obviously we, we're going to say, see Paige Nielsen come in and there was like a chaotic situation with her earring that took like the rest of the game to come out. So she never came on. So, I mean, listen, we talk about chaos. There's that in general is like the funniest story of the, the weekend to me. However, I'm just saying, I'll be very curious because I think it is a long season, right? Yeah. And, Injuries happen. I'll be curious just to see what, ha- in terms of m- maybe a Tobin Heath. Right, I did hear she was at the game right. last night. What does that mean? Is she? Is there something in the works? I don't entirely know that. Um, I've been haven't started working my magic to try to find behind the scenes information there. Come but- on,
1: Lori. This is why we bring no. you on. Let's go. <laughs>
2: I'll report back next week. Okay, if there hasn't been any sort of like news break um, before then, um, but I I think that there's just there's just a lot of questions still for every team. Yeah. And we obviously highlighted that game, but still. Yes.
1: Yeah, so for, for those asking, we see I see Steven in the chat here asking about Tobin Heath. She was with Arsenal, ended and terminated her contract early, came back to the state. She was at the Washington Spirit Angel City game that played at Audi Field in Washington, DC. But um, as Lori reported, no news yet. But Lori, get on that. Report back. We'll find out about that one. I love to hear that. So Kristen Press, she knocked down a goal in that game. She's a player that we've talked a lot about. We're going to talk a little bit more about her later in this episode. But there's another national team player that has been on a bit of a tear in the NWSL with San Diego Wave FC, Alex Morgan. She's been in the national team camp for years. Such a namesake, but not called in most recently, wanting to get a lot of consistent time at the club level. And that's exactly what we're seeing from Alex Morgan. Last week, four goals for Alex Morgan. She she broke a record, became one of just three players to do that in the NWSL, two of those being a penalty kicks in San Diego's win over Gotham FC. And then most recently, this last weekend, week three in the NWSL regular season, Alex Morgan, she gets another penalty kick goal in the match against Chicago Red Stars. San Diego ends up winning this match two to one, uh, but... Alex Morgan gets on the board first for the wave with that penalty kick. So three PK goals from Morgan in the last two weeks, but run of play, how she's been doing, what are your thoughts on Alex Morgan in this NWSL run and getting so much consistent time with San Diego?
2: Yeah, I think that's just it, right? Um, She's healthy. It seems like she's extremely happy being in San Diego. Um, She, she's been vocal about that. Um, You know, regardless of, people's individual thoughts on that. Like she was mentioning that, this person, <laughs> that she's actually been happy playing with, with a club team. So, you know, awesome for San Diego because they're getting the best out of her. And I think this is a player that we've known from the very start of her career at international level, that she can score goals, get her in front of the net. She will score goals. And especially if she's having fun, especially if the, the style of play is an attacking style play, which we do see from San Diego. So, and then also a player that understands what it means to step up. I mean, three penalty kicks um in, in two weeks is, is a lot obviously, but to finish all three chances is a whole nother thing. Right. And, and,
1: it, and differently. She finished yeah, them exactly. very differently.
2: Or to re, To have a player that you rely on in those positions. That's not easy. Right. I mean, the, yes, the kickers is, has the advantage, right. We always say that. However, when you're somebody that's consistently taking them it reminds me a lot of Megan Rapinoe in those moments, when you need somebody to step up and convert Alex Morgan has clearly has the confidence to do that. And you're seeing a confident striker right now. I mean, listen, there's been a lot of talk on this show, but just in general of the U S national team players, what it means. And to me, she's, she's proving herself, right? Like I'm not sure she needed to prove herself. It was just about staying healthy and playing consistently, but that is something that Black and Anosky has talked about getting back these players and, and seeing how they do. And she's taken that up those opportunities. I agree
1: completely. It's really fun and impressive to watch Alex Morgan play. And she's talked about that, getting consistent time, being happy, being in a rhythm with the team, because as a national team player, when you're playing with your club team and leaving every month or every other month to go play with a different team, it's really hard to get that consistency and that (laughs) rhythm. Um, I want to ask about this, though. Alex Morgan didn't draw these penalty kicks. Now, yes, she did finish them all. But going the first two going up against Ashlyn Harris, uh, who who knows her very well and knows how to defend against her. And then the second time going up against Alyssa Nair for Chicago Red Stars. Um, is this still a big positive for Alex Morgan, despite having the advantage, to, despite not being the player that actually caused the penalty kicks, but still having the confidence to knock him down?
2: Well, I think it's even uh, more impressive because you're playing against two goalkeepers that know you extremely well, and no doubt, with these co- these these goalkeepers have studied or faced Alex for a number of training sessions with the national team um, and just understand her tendencies as a player in general. So, yeah, I mean, I think you know there's the the composure to step up and take them, even if you don't draw it, right? Like, yeah. I mean, sometimes that might even be better because then you just have a bit more calmness to your approach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a player that you like, you could make the argument is one of the best strikers right now in the league, if not, the uh, yeah. right? I mean, we would have put Mal Pugh in that certainly a few weeks ago, right. But then gets concussed and now has been out yeah. for a number of weeks. So isn't playing. So, I mean, outside of that, I would say like, give me the names of who's playing better, right. As a striker. Right solely right so
1: yeah I, I agree completely and we're going to talk about it more Kristen press alex morgan should they be back in the national team roster uh we're going to do all of that in the second half of this episode before we jump to our break i want to ask you Lori, any other players that stood out to you this weekend in games that you watched in the nwsl in the fa cup um, congrats to chelsea on that win uh anything else final thoughts from you about player evaluation or players that stood out we know you were on the kc call any anything there from you
2: Yeah. Well, I would say two players that I think have stood out in this game because I was also on the Cascaded Rivalry and Sam Coffey for Portland um, is one that continues to to catch my eye because I think she plays a rookie who we have mentioned and other players or other um, commentators have mentioned in the broadcast. This is a player at Penn State that played more in an attacking role, now finds herself in a a deeper position. Um, But I feel is playing – beyond her years. And I just mean in terms of one confidence, but just the, the calmness in her approach. I don't think I personally see a player in the NWSL in that position currently that, um, Plays like she does, which is a real understanding of like switching the point, like switching play when necessary, um, getting the wing backs involved, which is typically Klingenberg and Quica, right? And does a really good job with her positioning. I mean, on the ball, she's composed. She can get forward. She can get into uh, positions to to strike um, to take shots herself. But they don't really need her to do that, right? It's that's an extra bonus. But she's somebody that links really well. And I I want to preface this by saying listen, I think she deserves a call up and we can talk about this when it comes to our like mailbag section. But like, I I do think that she deserves a call up because of how right now limited the national team is in that sixth position. And I think it would be interesting. Now I don't think she's exposed in that sixth Mm -hmm. position with Portland as she potentially could be with the way that the national team plays. So that's a whole nother question, but I do think that that is somebody that I would imagine Blacko certainly has his eye on right now.
1: I love to hear that from you. It's also really important to note, you mentioned Sam Coffey out of Penn State. She did not play a six, a defensive midfield throughout her collegiate days. She played higher up the field and Rian Wilkinson at at Portland understood that she needed someone to fill that role. I think losing Angela Salem was a big loss for Portland who retired for the thorns and to have a rookie in coffee that can step in is very impressive. It almost makes her ability to play that position so much more impressive because that's not her her typical spot to play in but we're going to talk about it. we're going to talk about Sam Coffey should she be on the roster Kristen Press Alex Morgan all of these players and so much more in the second half of our episode we'll be right back after this quick break
0: this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
1: Welcome back to the USWNT Hour Show. Lori, it's our mailbag segment time. We get so many questions and prompts from so many of our listeners, and we love it. People drop them in the chat. They've dropped them on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, reviews, and we see them and we read them all. But this time I was compiling them all. We specifically asked people for questions and, man, did you guys deliver we got so many questions so if you have questions for us and for Lori about the uswnt and the tactics the players the personnel you can subscribe to us on youtube drop your questions in the comments and also on twitter at attacking third and you can reply to our mailbag tweets asking for the questions and you will get them answered right now in our mailbag segment so lots of different questions i appreciate everyone for dropping them in we're going to start with a, a few questions about new players coming in we were just talking about sam coffee with the portland thorn she's playing that sixth role a rookie in the NWSL, we had a number of questions about this from Skeely Pug. What are the players on the cusp of entering the national team? Fallon Tullis, Joyce, Ali Watt, Sam Coffey, um, also Yumi Schultz asked about Carson Pickett if she would ever be called into the USWNT hour, and also Football We 1992 mentioned that it's the start of the season and there are some very good performances. Other consider for a. US Call up. So, sorry I'm turning this over to you. I want to know your expertise. We already talked a little bit about Sam Coffey, but Tolas, Joyce, Allie Watt, Carson, Pickett. Let me pick your brain. What do you got? Who, who's stepping up besides Sam Coffey? We can continue with her as well, though.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's a challenging one because you know, I, th- I think sometimes we we think just because like you know you have the Nibius and somebody's playing well that you should automatically be called up into into a national team, right?
1: So and, I have a theme for this segment. Yeah. It's going to be called, who are they outperforming? Because I yeah. have a feeling we're going to hear that a lot. Yeah,
2: Because I always say that because I think that <laughs> there is a misconception that it's it's like terrible if you just do really well and you play really well in the NWSL, but you don't get called up. Like this is a completely different level. I, I always say this all the time. And it's just because you do compete well in um, NWSL does not mean that you're going to always get called up to the national team because again, it depends on needs. It depends on, um, you know, the timing of year. Like this is a really challenging time. Yeah. You know, um, Tolis Joyce, who you mentioned, no doubt has been great this season, right? Is this the time to bring her in right when you're about to go into world cup qualifying? No, I would say not. Right. And you have the people that are in front of her, Alyssa Nair, uh, Kingsbury, um, you know, whoever, I can't even think. Casey Murphy. When she, when she gets back, right? Those are three goalkeepers that I would currently put in front of Tullis Joyce. It doesn't take anything away from Tullis Joyce's performances by any means. She's kept um, OL Reign in mm-hmm. some games that are um, have been really tight. So all the credit to her because I think she's been fantastic and exactly what you want from your starting keeper if you're the Reign. But like, that doesn't mean that you get called in, right? And like, um, another one I was going to tell you about prior to this segment, uh, along with, um, coffee, I would say Elise Bennett. I thought she, yeah. has, she has been great, whether she's coming off the bench, whether she is, um, starting, um, clearly has proven that she can do way more than, um, be somebody that can like affect the game, getting in behind. She can hold up play, right. She's smooth with the ball. She has great size. And when she came on the game the other night, completely changed. She changed
1: everything. She changed everything in that match for Kansas City.
2: And her and Hamilton, there's an excellent connection, just like you would expect Hamilton. And we've seen um, Hamilton with Lynn Williams, right? So awesome. Do I think Elise Bennett is completely ready to go into the national team? No, because look at the people that are playing in front of her right? I mean, we just named Alex Morgan. You see Trinity Rodman, right? Kristen Press. Malpew had been excellent up until she got injured. You still for sure put Sophia Smith in there, even though I think there's some opportunities that she should be finishing. That might sound harsh, but like the amount of opportunities she creates for herself, she's got to find the back of the net, right? More often in my opinion, but listen, so there you go. Like it is like outrageously difficult to find yourself on the national team. And I think we have to be careful with just continuing to push that like the national team is the end all be all. Yes. This is the national team hour. So awesome, but like <laughs> totally freaking great. If you're amazing in the NBSL and you sometimes don't, you're not going to get a call up. That's, I mean we see that in the men's game all the time, right? Yeah.
1: It's incredibly true. Um, I love that you mentioned at least Bennett, this is a rookie that, Probably wasn't expecting to get as much time with Kansas City as she has been given because of Lynn Williams playing in front of her. Lynn Williams, unfortunately, goes down with an injury and she's out for the rest of the year. So Matt Potter for The Current is calling on Elise Bennett and seamlessly transition into these games that she's been playing and a true game changer for Kansas City. Um, I agree. She's not quite there yet uh, competing alongside Trinity Rodman, Sanchez, Hatch, Macario up top. It's a different style, maybe next year, right? She's just a rookie in the NWSL, but we know that Black is watching these players and watching these teams. Um, someone else I want to ask you about, Carson Pickett, defender for North Carolina Courage, she just won the Challenge Cup with the Courage. She did play on youth U.S. teams, U-17, and most recently U-23, but that was in 2015. She's 28 years old, but a lot of experience in the league and does a great job getting into the attack. What are your thoughts on her, or is the, the lineup just a bit too much in front of her at outside back.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's also goes to the point that like, you know, it really just depends on um, what the coach is looking for. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately sometimes they decide that they're going to like a player over another is, is that's what it comes down to. Right. Because I do think, you know, Carson Pickett has been an interesting one. I, I I like her a lot. I know Sean DeHaas, North Carolina Courage um, coach has been kind of vocal, about hoping that um, she gets called in because he considers her the best left back. I mean, she's a true lefty, right? Something that we don't typically see. And, you know, what I thought was interesting is at least in the April call-ups that she didn't get a call-up. We saw Imani mm-hmm. Dorsey, right, get called in, who's a left back for Gotham, but then they didn't even dress Imani for either of the games. See? No. And so, in my opinion, and, and that's just how it goes sometimes, right? And
1: Imani's also dealing with a little bit of an injury.
2: Yeah. So – and Carson just came off of one as well. Um, Right. But, however, you know, I think when you look at the stats solely for North Carolina and how much Carson Pickett affects their game in the attack, um, I think there is some real promise um, that we've seen consistently for a few years now. This isn't just like, oh, real promise in (laughs) this year's Challenge Cup. Like, this has been ongoing. So I am a bit surprised. But I do think at that point in time it does depend on, okay – Listen. What What is the coach actually looking for? You know, and that Laco has been vocal about. um, uh, um, Fox. Sorry, I was like. Uh,
1: There's a number of outside box backs. I mean, Emily Fox, Sophia Huerta has been tremendous. You still have Kelly O'Hara that's thrown into that mix.
2: Margaret Purse. Yeah, Margaret Purse. Yeah. I mean, Crystal Dunn is about to have that baby anytime. And then
1: she's been also... It'll be two weeks and she'll be back on the pitch because she hasn't left it yet.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So listen, there's... You know, and I think that that is certainly in Vaco's mind, right? Like, I... And, you know, I don't know all the decisions, but I understand how decisions work at that level for the most part. And, you know, I can't tell you exactly why he hasn't brought Carson in, um, especially into like maybe one of the earlier ones. Now I think it starts to get a little bit difficult. Um, right. You know, maybe not. Maybe for these these June camps, Carson will get in, um, called in, especially with how well North Carolina Courage did um, in this Challenge Cup. And, and Carson Pickett was a, a big part of that. Yeah. However, I think he has said, like, right now, Crystal Dunn was the starting left back, difficult to get her off the field. She becomes pregnant. Emily Fox, difficult to get her off the field, right? He has been like, listen, this is my go to left back, seems to really love the way that she plays. And um, here we are. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, th- there's a still a lot of depth at that outside back position. And it's also a, a position that rarely gets rotated throughout the games. And maybe that's because of the personnel, as you just mentioned, because Crystal Dunn was there and you're not taking her off for anything. <laughs> and now Emily Fox slots in. You're, you're doing everything in your power to keep them on the pitch for 90 plus minutes a game. Um, I want to look at some of the veterans. We got a great question from Book Brooke. Brook. Oasis, I'm gonna say. Sorry about that, Brooke. But thanks for this great question. Will some of the veterans be back on the roster for June games? There's a friendly between June 20th and June 28th, I believe. Uh, she she mentioned Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, and Sam Mewis. Now Mewis dealing with a bit of an injury. Megan Rapinoe coming back from injury, getting more and more minutes with OL Reign. But thoughts on these veteran players, Lori Lindsay?
2: Um, okay, Lisa Roman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, listen, I I mean, I think Alex and Kristen will get called in, I think. And and honestly, I think if Becky Sauerbrunn is, um, it did sound like she almost came into the game the other night and then uh, like tactically just how the game was going. Um, I do think, um, she could certainly be in the mix. um, she is uh, the captain or has been the captain, right? And just need to recover from the injury. And as soon as she gets minutes, I think uh, that is a player that will absolutely, especially Tierna Davidson being gone, yeah. uh, Dahl Kimber being a little bit in and out with some injuries and I think concussion protocol maybe. Yes,
1: concussion um, protocol.
2: So I think those three for sure. I will be curious about Megan Rapino. I do not think Tobin Heath right now. Tobin um, didn't play a ton of minutes. I think she's coming back from injury. She's clearly not playing right now, right? Um, whatever's happening behind the scenes, though. Um, and and like, listen.
1: You'll tell us next week.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll tell <laughs> you next week once I figure out what's happening, if I can't figure it out. However, this isn't like these players are just like floating around, not knowing what's going on. Like There is precise communication that's taking place. Blacko and his staff are having conversations with, all the head coaches, right? Like th- this information is being trickled down. Um, there's constant communication on what player coaches like plugging different players on their team. So this is an ever evolving conversation. This isn't just like, Oh, I hope I get called in. I hope you think I'm playing well, right? Like Blacko would be calling and talking to these players as well. So um, I'll be curious though about Megan Rapinoe. I, you know, she brought energy to the game on Friday night Um You know, I personally thought she played the best ball of the game. You don't see many players. It was a ball into Allie Watt that created a chance. You do not see many players um, playing that type of ball um, in this league, right? So now, granted, regardless of age, whatever you want to say, I think, you know, age question is relevant in some cases and pretty hilarious in others and not necessary. It's like if you're playing well, And you provide a role for what Blacko and his staff is looking for. Great. Get called in. Let's go. Who, like, let's move on. Right. I I
1: agree completely. It's, I think it needs to be shouted a little bit more from the rooftops that these players know they are in communication with the coaching staff, that it's not just like randomly getting a a phone call on a Saturday afternoon saying, Hey, we need you to come to camp tomorrow. (laughs) It's a little bit. There's a there's a bit more dialogue to that. And and they are in communication with Sam Mewis about her recovery. She's coming back from a bit of an injury and, and dealing with that. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Mewis get called in or, or maybe be called in but only to be seen by the U.S. staff to, to work on her recovery. But no, but that doesn't mean she's out for the World Cup by any means. I think Sam Mewis is one of the players that Vlako uh, Andonofsky definitely wants to have on his roster In that midfield. All right, Lori. I want to move up the field a little bit. Look at some of the forwards. We got a lot of questions about the forward group for the United States women's national team. Yumi Schultz. She'd mentioned. Katerina Macario. She mentioned having Macario, Mallory Pugh and Sophia Smith. uh, They're the starters when Ashley Hatch, a player for Washington Spirit, is scoring almost every single game since returning. And she scored against a top 12 team in Australia back in November during those friendlies. So among this new generation of forwards between Macario, Pugh and Smith, how does Hatch fit into that trio?
2: Yeah, I think this is the one that's like a bit the most interesting probably and complex because it goes back to what we were saying. This is, she does really well at the NWSL level and um, consistently provides. And I think is such a good target and plays off of um, Sanchez, Sanchez and Rodman really well. And with the spirit, however, it, I think it, the tough one is that there's just so much depth, right? And then you add Alex Morgan back in, maybe Kristen press, that depth becomes even more so than that we already saw. So, and when those players, the veteran players, that weren't even there in the last few um, international windows, Hatch was mainly just coming off the bench. Now, credit to her, she was scoring. So it was like every time she's coming on the field, in like a minute, she yeah, on the pitch and score. no doubt, her first touch all the time. So that is something to look at. But um, again, I think it depends on um, how she fills out the role. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and particularly what Lacco is looking for in that, because if you're looking at Macario who most likely right now is the starter, starting number nine, that, that player's not going to come off the field that much. Right. Yeah. Especially with the way that she plays and what they want, you're going to see the wingers come off more. So in my opinion, um, or there's just going to be some rotation. You can drop Macario back. You can play her as a winger, right? And then you'll bring somebody in. But right now I would say um, I personally really like how Hatch is playing, mm-hmm. but I would say in terms of goal production and knowing exactly what you're getting from Alex Morgan with over a hundred maybe even close to 200, I don't have the notes in front of me caps, right? Like she's producing more than Hatch right now. And that's just the way it is. So, it's it's a tough one and that's why I say like more credit to you fight for the national team and also as as everything continues to like unfold the spots are tough to come by and so- again, you could be playing lights out and that you might not get the call up just the, yeah. in terms of what positional amount of roster spots you want in different positions right so
1: Yeah, there's so much disparity between this. And as people in our chat are blowing up, yeah, the forward conversation is so fun. Um, I'll stat check you here a little bit, Lori. Alex Morgan, she's got 190 caps, 115 goals. Uh, Don't worry, that's what I'm here for. Producer, host, friend, I got your back. That's what I'm here for. Another question that we got about the forwards, Chris Murch. I love this question from him. Who will be the United States women's national team leading goal scorer for the 2022 calendar year? Who you got, Lori? She's thinking for those who are
2: yeah, as a podcast, uh, She's Someone so, had this prepared. I've I missed one.
1: I love throwing these at you. So if we look at our forwards that we have Kat Macario, Mallory Pugh, um, yeah. Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Hatch, uh Kristen Press, Alex Morgan. We could throw Megan Rapino in that mix.
2: And this is this is the NWSL, or this is actually for the women's national team, right? This is for oh. the US women's national Oh, oh, oh. So that means uh-huh. have to
1: have W qualifiers this summer and everything.
2: Yeah, Macario. I okay. Yep. Yeah. I Took think. A- um, the only reason why there might be a little bit of a hiccup is I'll be curious on what her training and everything looks like up until the June. So it's like mm-hmm. a month, right? And she's essentially outside of playing. Well, that's untrue because she has, um, the, um, I want to call it the challenge cup. Goodness gracious.
1: Yeah. Not the challenge yeah, cup. cup. and yeah,
2: thank you. Uh, well. Uh, Champions League.
1: Champions League. Uh, yeah. yeah. She Champions she's group. playing On with though. Leon.
2: And yeah, so that show. window gets a little bit shorter and then she'll have a little bit of rest before the um the the June international window. I was thinking it was a little bit longer, but it's actually not. So my answer sticks with Kat. I think I think Kat is certainly coming into her own the position that she's playing. She feels I think comfortable mm-hmm. as that kind of nine withdrawn nine with the national team. And we've seen what her free kicks look like. I think there's gonna be a multiple way ways that she can score goals for the national team so she's a hard like number one for me
1: wow okay it took took a little bit of thought
2: from you because I was I was still kind of like halfway between the NWSL thinking oh 2022 campaign of national team players in the NWSL so that's where I was like oh no but no with the national team cap
1: yeah I totally respect that our chat is blowing up uh Pew, 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 pew. Um, she's dealing with a bit of a concussion right now. She she can be a goal scorer, but I don't agree with Mallory Pew. Um... Uh, Honestly, if Alex Morgan gets called in, I could see Alex Morgan going on a tear, kind of as she's hitting her 200th cap with the national team. Um, I I don't know. I think Kat McCario is a great pick for this one as well, just because of how she's getting into this and the consistency that she has and how her teammates are playing off of her when she's with the national team, frankly. But um, we'll see. I like this. I I like that question a lot. Thanks so much, Chris Merch. We're going to move on to a different position. One we've talked so much about with the national team. We got so many questions about the six, the defensive midfield role for the United States women's national team. Amy, she mentioned that we're short on depth at the six and it's been discussed, but she wants to hear about Sam Coffey, which we've talked about as one to watch a rookie, but commanding the spot after it as it's not her usual position. And also John Jackson saying, hey, I'm sorry to harp on the number six, but do we need someone to step up or do we retask one of our other midfielders?" as an attacking midfielder to drop into that role. We've talked a little bit about Sam Coffey and we've talked so much about this six, but as of right now, Andy Sullivan is not playing. She's out with a bit of a calf injury. I don't think that'll last too long, but when you look at the midfield for the United States Women's National Team, Lindsey Horan, Rose Lavelle, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan, Christy Mewis, Sam Mewis, what are your thoughts on on this six role? Jalen Howe, Sam Coffey, I mean, Who's going to fill this role?
2: Yeah, I mean, I still think Andy Sullivan for sure, but needs to get back and get playing right Um, relatively soon. And um, to me, it's about just constantly, you know, managing the players when they are getting a lot of games and then going in for the international breaks as well. And it does seem like a little bit of fatigue as has what has set um Andy back. So I'll be curious about that and um her it sounds like, you know, each week on the injury report it's questionable. Yeah. So it's not she's completely out. Um but that certainly like plays into what's what's going to happen. Yes, I see in the um chat here uh sad dingus. <laughs> can 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 Haran play the six? Yeah. We saw her play the six yeah. at the Olympics. I, I think it just depends on who you're playing against because that player, the reason why, and we've talked about this before, um, that it's been challenging is because you could be exposed as a six, right? Oh, yeah. You could be exposed as a six with the amount of numbers being thrown forward with our national team, the, the aggressive approach, and you have to be able to um, – cover the ground, which these players that we've mentioned can, it's just about the, the defensive positioning um, and, and not getting caught in possession and the ball turns over. And then you're exposed like in numbers, even situations. So that's a whole nother conversation about tactics, but I, I would put Sam, Sam coffee in there. I think that she deserves a call up, especially with any Sullivan being out. I, I, I personally like how she plays that position better than Howell. Um, but clearly, I'm not blacko. So, yeah.
1: um, what what is it about Sam Coffey's role in that defensive six that that gives her that leg up over the players that are already on the team, or even a player like Jalen Howell?
2: I like how Sam Coffey to me almost seems like a traditional six, even though we've talked about her playing higher up because she's constantly checking the way that she receives her ball, the way that she's like checking over her shoulder, if she gets it from the left side, it's not like, hey, everything's going back to the left side. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open up my body and play it out to the other side. I don't think we see many players do that, right? And it's tough at this level to come in from a college um, level game, right? As a rookie, play the way that she's playing with composure, calmness on the ball and the understanding of like, players are coming at you from every angle and to be able to have the ability to also bypass pressure and get herself out of the pressure. uh, I don't think she complicates the game. I think she, her positioning puts her in good positions. She didn't have to tackle necessarily. Um, She just steps in and intercepts balls, but, or she makes the game predictable for the other players around her. So defensively, she doesn't have to be, you know, somebody that's going to come in and like, just get into hard tackles. Right. So, I would give her a call up. I would say 100% right now, I'd give her a call up um, and, and, given, given the situation that the team is in. I feel with not a true player, uh, but I also agree. Lindsay Haran can certainly play that position. I think we are going to see Andy Sullivan back sooner than later. Um, I very much feel like Howell is in the, in the mix still. Um, and, and, and again, this this is what soccer is all about, opinion, right? So just because I feel that like I like Sam Coffey and the way that she plays the six better than Howell, okay, <laughs> who cares, right? Like, I mean, it's awesome. I, I mean, I care about my own opinion, but.
1: <laughs> I care, Lori. I care about your opinion. That's why I ask people. That's why I asked you these great questions. And and that's so right about Sam Coffey because a a defensive midfielder, a six that plays simple and that you rarely notice as a casual fan watching the game, that's who you want, who can just switch the point of attack, take one, two touches, play calmly and really composed out of pressure. And she's no, she's not a big hard tackler that like we've seen Julie Earths be in that role where it's just a destroyer type mentality However, if the players around you are aware of that, I think that Sam coffee could be a really good call up for Vlako and Nanovsky. So, hey, Vlako, maybe if you're listening to this, you never know. We get some NWSL coaches that watch Attacking Third and tune in, but um, just Lori's two cents here. A good opinion base, though. I stand behind it, Lori. I'm with you. i like to hear your opinions on these and number six.
2: Yeah, actually, I do want to address this because um, I like this question. Stephen Cruz Jr. is is Coffee playing better than Howell or is it the system? I did say that earlier that, you know, it could be the system, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, but still, regardless, you're playing at this level and she did not seem phased in playing the Cascadia rivalry um, in Portland on Friday night. She has been super consistent since day one. And it's a player that Rian Wilkinson, their head coach, has said wants to get better. She's watching video. And yes, if you look at the players around her, Sugita and Sinclair in the midfield with her, like awesome. But she really comes out. So I mean, regardless of the system, I could care less. She is producing what she needs to. Now, is it a different level? Yeah, we constantly talk about that. It's a different level at the national team. Will she get exposed potentially? But then it's just about that's when it changes with Blacko of making sure that everybody understands their roles. Like, is Haran in there with coffee at the national team level? Do you pinch back in defensively? Right, like. All of these things are um, a constant conversation. So, looking at
1: the system and the formation tactically that Portland and Reen Wilkinson are playing with Sam Coffey, playing essentially a 3 5 with five in the midfield, having Sinclair, Hina Sugita, and then Sam Coffey as that six with wide wing backs, Megan Klingenberg, and Kweeka. When you look at how the U.S. plays traditionally in the past, does coffee fit into that type of role say alongside uh, Lindsay Horan and Rose Lavelle in the midfield how does that well, compare
2: yeah I think so I think that the team is going to evolve I think as the team is evolving right um mm-hmm. and we'll um will have to I mean that's a constant um as the game is changing um globally as well. Um, and the competition continues to get better, right? Like, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that like, I personally think can make, there could be adjustments, right. And players we can get better at in different ways. Um, it did having Julie Ertz in there suit the U S team. Absolutely. Right. And then also you give up some, some things with that as well. Um, however, Julie Ertz isn't here. So like, and, you know, we didn't have Macario um, consistently playing either. So there's a lot of different moving pieces. We this is the first time we're seeing the front line of Sophia Smith and Macario and Malpew, Right. So there's like a lot of changes. It's constantly changing. It's just really about understanding what the actual principles are and really less about, um, you know, the formation, in my opinion, it's like, OK, we do not want to give up the ball here which would be a high risk situation, but we're fine with giving it up here. As long as we have measures in place to protect us and not getting countered on or whatever. Right. But the game is changing that way too, because you have a lot of cook who's very good at one, v one position positionings. Right. And as a center back and the modern day center back has to be good. One V one, because you are going to get caught in transition sometimes. Right. Like we see that all the time in the men's game and I'm not comparing right now, women, the women's game and the men's game. It's just more about to me, Things are evolving, and they're right. always evolving. So yes, coffee can play in that position. Um, can I ask just one other thing, Lisa? On the comments? yeah,
0: it's of good. course.
2: Um, I love the the chat names. Astra De Kecko, I think. I don't even know if that's how. I, sorry if that's not right. But um, would a center back be better as a six? You know, I I appreciate that question because I always said last year when we had the same discussion because Juilliard's has been out for a long time. Um, I thought Trinity or Trinity uh, Tierna Davidson. Um, would be excellent as a six. And I thought she mm-hmm. should play there last year, but Vlatko was adamant that she was the starting back next to whoever was healthy, whether that's Becky Sauerbrunn at the time, whoever, right? And um but I I asked for a, the center back that entire time for it to be Davidson. Yeah. It, it, it would have it, it, it
1: would, would have kept Lindsey Haran higher up the pitch, which is suits her so much better. Yeah. Um, then, then dropping into that role. I love that. I love all this feedback we're getting and everyone joining us in the chat. Um, this has been so fantastic. We we have so many more questions that we still have to get through. Um, I want to close out on one final question from none other than Jess McDonald forward for Racing Louisville. She, she tweeted at us at Attacking Third uh, and she asked, who has the fastest 40 on the roster? So a 40-yard sprint, Jess McDonald wants to know, Lori, from your professional Analytic opinion of this US women's national team roster, who's the fastest?
2: I, I mean, I feel like this is a trick question, Jess. Um, <laughs> I think if Jess was there, she would have the fastest 40. Um, you know, on the current roster, it's always feels so tricky because I know players that you didn't think would be the fastest were. I mean, freaking Christy Pierce, she was 40 playing on the team and she had the fastest, right? Like it was a wild. And we had Sydney Labru; we had all these like, and so um, You know, I'd be curious if it is Trinity Rodman. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um,
1: Emily Fox has some wheels as well. Yeah,
2: I actually think that she might have the fastest 40. Yes, I go. We got
1: to find out. We need to see stopwatch times. We
2: need Jess to find out for us.
1: Yes, Jess. Shout out to you for asking this question. We don't have a definitive answer. Can you find it out for us, Jess McDonald? That would be great. Thank you for these questions. Um, everyone, we got so many more questions about if the World Cup was starting next week, who would Lori Lindsay have on the roster, 23 player roster? We also have a lot of goalkeeper questions asking about Valentolis Joyce and a starting goalkeeper if The World Cup was happening tomorrow. We don't have time to get into it today, but luckily we get to do this every single week. So we'll get to those questions next week. Reminder, if you have questions for us, you can drop them on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can leave them in our comments or go to Attacking Third on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review asking about a USWNT hour question and Lori and I will answer them. Lori, final thoughts before we sign off for today.
2: No, but I need to get to work on behind the scenes stuff and also my 23 player roster. So I'm actually really excited about this. It'll be interesting.
1: I am very excited about it too. I'm going to do it too because I love to pick players. It's so fun to put on that coaching hat. But, Lori, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining us in the chat. And thank you for listening. If you liked this video and dropped your social media handle in the chat, look out for a DM for us because you could be our Paramount Plus subscription winner. Follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube to catch our interviews and get alerts for every time. We go live youtubecom slash 3rd We'll be back next Monday for another USWNT hour. Lori's going to give you her wish list for the twenty-three player roster right now at this moment. But as for now, this was Lori Lindsay and Lisa Roman saying goodbye. Thanks so much for joining
0: us. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one law. Rated PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.